This morning I want to talk about trust. And if I was to ask every one of you, do you trust God? What would you say to me? Yes, you would shake your head and say, yes, I definitely trust God. But the issue of trust is much more than just the delivery of words from our mouth into uh, the atmosphere. Trust is tested in times of difficulty. Our trust is exemplified or is visible in times of stress. Our trust is played out when things are not going as we would like it to. And those are good indicators and those times are good indicators for us to really assess is what we say Truly how we live. And if we were really honest with one another, there is a big chasm between what we say and what we do. The question is, can we close this gap between what we say and what we do? Is it possible because don't forget what we say and what we do has an impact on how we feel. And the real challenge becomes when we're faced with issues of having to trust God and we're struggling to trust Him. It's the thoughts and the feelings that we have that become the things that are unbearable for us to carry, isn't it? I mean, sometimes if you are uncertain about something, something that is unknown, uncertain of an outcome, whether it's to do with an assignment, a job, your finances, it's only about a seasonal thing. It's only a matter of a couple of months, but that uncertainty creates such turmoil that it becomes unbearable. Isn't that right? And we feel like alone, we feel so lost, and we feel so lonely. But I believe, as true disciples of Jesus Christ, we can bridge this gap between what we say and what we do, and begin to experience in the midst of the most difficult of uncertainties, the joy, the peace, and the calmness that we can experience in our lives no matter what is going on. I believe as disciples we can bring into our lives the discipline of confidence in God. I use three words. The discipline of confidence in God. In other words, my confidence in God is not based on a feeling, an emotion, on when things are going right or wrong. There is a discipline. I have taught myself to trust in Him, irrespective of what pace my life is at, irrespective of what's happening in my life. I have determined in advance that I will have confidence in God. Now, if you look at this beautiful story of the disciples, 
If you look into the New Testament, this story is told three times. And whenever a story is told three times in the Bible, whenever there is an emphasis of a certain word more than once, there's a reason. It was a way of laying things down in block capitals. It's about like when you text nowadays and you're really annoyed with something. I'm really annoyed with you. It's never lowercase, is it? Uh, WhatsApp hasn't discovered the feature of bold capitals yet. And so it's usually inadverted commas, annoyed in big bold capital letters, grumpy face. You are conveying an emotion and an emphasis of an emotion. If you're happy or you're ec ecstatic about something that somebody has done for you, it's smiley faces all over with a big bold, I'm so H-A-P-P-Y in capital. Because we're trying to express something and so in God's word. The same way, when things appeared three times, God was trying to remind us, emphasize, listen in. It, this is important to you. You never see the word holy when it's referring to God alone. It's always holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's emphasizing something about God. And so here, when we see the story being told three times to us in the New Testament... And strung right through the stories of trust and hope, right through the Bible. God is wanting us to live with the discipline of confidence of being able to trust Him. These disciples had seen Jesus do amazing things. They had just prior to going on that boat had seen Him heal the sick, feed the 5,000. He had met human, the human need for hunger. He had met the human need for healing. He had met the human need for deliverance. And they were firsthand up close watching and in fact were participants of all these miracles. In one of them they were part of the miracle. So you would think with the training they'd had there should never have been an issue of trust, don't you? And yet... In the next instance, when they are in waters that they were used to, these people were fishermen. They were used to stormy waters. They were used to the uncertainty of the seas. They were used to being on a boat. Perhaps sometimes even alone fishing. Yet when the storm came, what did they say? The Bible says they were afraid. Now we all know why fear is there in our lives and why it is so real. For each one of us, we face it every day in some way or the other. What magnified their fear is found in verse 38. It says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? You see, the way trust works is you trust somebody who you know will deliver what you are depending on them for. 
That's the emotion, the psychology of trust. Whether it is trusting in God, whether it is trusting in relationships, whatever it is trusting in an organization or an institute, you trust because you are confident that what you are putting trust in or who you are putting trust in will deliver what you are expecting from them. So our trust begins to break down in our relationships and our trust begins to break down in our relationship with God and what we say and what we do becomes there's a chasm because somewhere in our belief system we begin to believe a lie that says God is asleep. Perhaps. Perhaps God does not really care for me. That's what these disciples were faced with. Jesus, don't you care for me. We trusted you, but don't you care for me. When we lose sight of the fact that God really, really does care for us, we are unable to trust Him. No matter how much you confess and profess, if we don't deal with that thought pattern and correct that discipline, we will never be able to close the gap. There's something else that we can learn from this story is we see the humanity of Jesus Christ. That he needed to sleep. But we also see the divinity of Jesus Christ. That he could stand up and speak to the storm and cause it to be quieted down. So the disciples were faced with two things. Here was a God who did miracles. In the midst of a storm where they believed he should have done something for them, it seemed like he was doing nothing. We see the humanity of Jesus Christ in his need for rest. But how is it as a human being, Jesus could rest, but his disciples couldn't? Precisely. The relationship that Jesus had with his father was not the relationship the disciples had yet developed the discipline of having with God. And so for you and me, we have to come to that place in our lives and we have to work in that direction. Because I'll tell you the discipline that we really feel is the discipline of uncertainty, of fear, of anxiety, of worry, of concern, of saying God's not going to come through. We feed that discipline every time we don't correct that discipline in the right direction. And I need to break down our spirituality and say it is very practical. Our walk with God is faithful deeply spiritual and supernatural, but it is very real and practical in how and what 
you do and think in everyday life. The Bible says, Jesus said to disciples, if you love me, you will float in the air. No, he said, if you love me, you will do something that pleases me, which is an act of obedience. But somehow we have mystified this whole thing of our, oh, I trust God. I'm just trusting. God, are you there? I'm just trusting Him. God, you haven't shown up yet. Are you really there? Come on. Come on. We've got to grow in our faith. Our faith has come to, has, must come to that place of maturity in our walk with God. That we don't longer walk like children. In fact, sometimes the Bible goes the other way. It says just be like little children if you can. And how trusting kids are. Kids trust their parents sometimes so explicitly. It's frightening. So what is it going to be for you and me for us to move from that place of uncertainty? How do we close that gap? I believe the gap can be closed if we could answer the question the disciples asked in amazement. Let's go to verse 41. They were terrified and asked each other, what do they ask each other? Who is this? What does that tell you about the disciples? They never quite knew who Jesus was. They never quite knew how powerful he was. They hadn't come to an understanding. And if I want to be really spiritual, I use the word revelation. They hadn't had a revelation of God yet. But let's simplify it. They hadn't got it into their thick skulls. That Jesus was somebody who really cared for them. And therefore, they could Isn't it that simple? Can we take our uncertainties? Can we take our fears? Can we take our worry? Can we take our financial inadequacies? Can we take all those things that create those emotions and feelings of unrest and lack of peace and we fight them with tongues and we blame the devil? You learned yesterday you can't blame the devil for all those things because we own those things. If we could bring into our minds, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, the discipline of having a confidence, not in ourselves, not in our finances, not in the outcome of something that we're hoping for, but our confidence is in God. That no matter what the outcome is, He still cares for me. You see, love is a very misplaced word. Because any relationship of love is actually founded on trust. 
When I say I love my wife, it's not just, you know, roses and uh, emotions, but it is, I love you. What I'm saying to my wife is that I trust you. And I believe when she says she loves me, she is saying the same. Why? Because she knows I will reciprocate. Did I say that right? Reciprocate. <laughs> reciprocate. Thank reciprocate. you so much. Let me say it. Because I know that I will reciprocate. <laughs> reciprocate. Because I know that I will Because I know that I will come back to you. <laughs> My eyes are not rolling this morning. But you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, we do. We do. So let's close this gap in our walk of faith every day. Let's come to that place of the discipline of having confidence in God. Amen. Amen. Which means we exercise our faith by reading God's word. We make it real by getting to know Him, His character, His behavior, that He does care for me, that He is trustworthy. I've learned in life, having lived it so long and having cared for people, that I've learned that as much as I must give trust to people, but if I always expect them to deliver something, I'm going to be let down. And therefore I've had to put my trust beyond the hope of a human relationship. And I've had to rest it completely in God. Because I know no matter what happens here on earth, I can be confident that my Heavenly Father will more than compensate for anything that is lacking here on earth. Therefore, we see the psalmist, my hope and my trust is in you. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Even though there is an army behind me, still I will trust you. David had that revelation of trust in his walk with God. He talked about the confusion. He talked about the uncertainty and the sadness that he went through. I'm sure David was a depressive because you read the Psalms. Oh, woe is unto me. He, he struggled with depression. But even in those depressive states, he was, but still, God is my refuge, my ever-present help in times of trouble. Ever-present help in times of trouble. Amen. This week as we step into another exciting week of believing for God to come through with the promise for this year. Which is this. Now Isaac sowed, let's read that together. Now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. An incredible year of increase. Never stop believing. Never stop developing in your life the discipline of being confident in God. Because what He says, God will always do. Amen? So you must know 
what he has said. Because otherwise you won't know what to expect of him to be doing. So know that God has promised you. Know that God wants you to live in peace. Know that even through the challenges, God is there for you. He never promised there would not be storms in life. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I want you to know that the storms of life will never come to you. I want you to know that nobody will ever lie to you. I want you to know that nobody will ever let you down. In fact, it says, do not put your trust in man. <laughs> in other words, mate, they're going to drop you down. They're going to let you down. Put your trust in me. It says, God is a God who keeps his promises. But man, I don't know. So we need to transition our thoughts and our beliefs into trusting God exclusively. It then empowers us to live life the way God wants us in freedom. Amen? The discipline of confidence in God.